Good morning and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece and as always, I am with the incomparable Jennifer Tovani and Samantha Tadelius. How are you ladies? My good, favorite good morning. People. My favorite I'm, Monday morning people. I'm excited yes. about today's session. Let's do I, this. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably a case study in what not to do. So let's <laughs> just start there. We have with us Dr. Michelle, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try not to put too much of my personal errors in this one. Um, but Dr. Michelle has a, uh, a internal, she's an internal uh, medicine degree and practiced internal medicine, but shifted that as we all have uh, reinvented our careers multiple times and, and fell into a position where she uh, was uh, put in a position to talk about human, human bodies, human, you know, sex ed, for lack of a better word, for teenagers, um, something none of us want to deal with. Um, but thank God for people like you who do. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Michelle. Yes. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> I mean, as a, as a, as a mother of teenagers, I, I feel like I should have earned a medal. Okay. Let me just put that out there. I'll take the gold because I got my kids to, uh, current ages of 20 and 17 bravo, bravo. without getting anybody pregnant or becoming pregnant. So I feel like, I think you win. Yes. I think you win. I remember my dad actually, like one of the only talks we ever had was just don't get pregnant. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. that. Thank you. Um, and, and let me buy you a milkshake now. I mean, that was, that was sex ed, right? Don't get pregnant. Right. Cool. Good, good talk. Good talk. Like which, that's it. Which by the way, they don't call sex education anymore. It is now. I figured as much. That was that's health ed, right? Uh, family life. Family, family life. life. Which is about as, you know, nondescript as you can get, because it really isn't family life, really. I mean, it's not really the most appropriate term, but it's it's general enough that no one knows what the hell you're going to say to them. It's, it's kind of <laughs> so all the parents will life. sign the consent form to <laughs> let them take the class. Yep. <laughs> that one, family life. It sounds so wonderful, but yet they they get in the room and. We hit them hard on the head. So, so but, I have four teenagers, and they're all in high school. Two two juniors this year, a sophomore, and a freshman. So I am in deep with this. And then I have a twenty four year old who's already been through this. But my question to you is, what has changed these days? Like, how is it happening so much earlier? Because I keep saying, oh, we need to talk to our kids when they're like 10, 11. And my husband's from back east and he's a little more conservative and he doesn't want to have this talk. And he's just assuming they're, they're going to learn in class. What, what's the deal now? Right. He's not conservative. He's chicken. <laughs> he's chicken right. shit. He's chicken shit is what he is. Well, yeah, Dr. Michelle, break it down. Break it down yeah. for us. That's a great loaded question. So medically, it is true that, you know, we went through, um, you know, there's the reproductive growth, puberty, there's difference in adolescence, and they all have kind of different significance and different meanings. And it is true that absolutely we are going through, like, getting our period earlier. Yes. Women, um, we're actually seeing that shift that, it's, that uh, girls are going through puberty and boys are earlier and earlier. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of studies being done to figure out what is that attributed to. Um, I'm sure it's global warming, just like everything else. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, and the chemicals in our foods. 
Yeah. So right. So there's probably a lot of factors that go into that. So it is true that there is there is some you know uh, truth behind doing this earlier. Then you get into the social aspect of it. There's a lot more talk about you know gender identity, things that would have ne- didn't even have a meaning when we were growing up. Right. Um, you know. So and then there's a lot of discussion about this opting in and opting out, meaning what do you want your kid to hear? What don't you want your, your kid to hear? And then there's TikTok. Right. <laughs> Who's right. teaching them everything these and days? And education of the TikTok. internet. TikTok. Exactly. So they're seeing it earlier. There's so many factors that really go into the fact that, you know, we, we do have to start the discussion earlier. It's just the debate is really for, from what, the best way I could say it is, is what do you want to say earlier though? Yes. Because once you put it out there, you can't take it back. It's like that movie, Harry Met Sally, when he, when one character tells the other one, you know, I love you. And she's like, there, you ruined it. And he's like, well, I'll take it back. I don't love you. And she's like, you can't take it back. It's out there. You, know, <laughs> you can't, you can't undo it. So one you know, mistake is once you've said it, you've said it, you can't take it back, you know? Yeah. So what are some of the things like I always, like I've got a 10, almost 11 year old. And I'm like, okay, like we're starting to talk about period talks. I remember my mom and I never had that chat and my mom's a freaking nurse. Cause, and I was very early on. And so I was like, I thought I was dying. And I was like, okay, we're not going through this. Like, you're going to know everything you need to know. There was a book I bought. I was like, Hey, read this book. And if you've got some questions, you know, let's talk about it. Um, but it's like, it's still like, I don't even know where to start the conversation or how I want to start. Like, do I wait till I get asked a question? And then do I be that mom that's like, I want her to be able to come and talk to me about stuff, but I don't want it to be like weird, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I always start off the, the, the class by, by, obviously we're in a classroom, so I have to make it feel safe. We sign actually an agreement. So there's a whole different thing than what you'd be doing at home, you know, so that we know everyone you know, the information doesn't leave the room. You don't go home and talk about it with siblings who the parents may not want them to hear it. They may not be old enough yet, yada, yada, yada. We have to go through all that stuff. But usually once I get down to the, 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 the very basic, the beginning of, of the class itself, I first say, look, everyone goes through this. So this is, I, I approach it more from a science medicine thing that it's not a, an awkward thing at all, that it's actually a very scientific thing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like, so the kids actually, by the time I'm done talking to them, they just think they've just learned medicine about their body. They don't even realize that, you know, we just talked about wet dreams. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's so yeah. good. It's so good. And, you know, oh. and there's so many questions that we actually just were recording before we were talking about Jeff Bezos and his penis rocket, oh, you know? No. And so... <laughs> Right. Just, there's so many different topics and you know there's so many easy ways to like segue into a conversation like why is jeff bezos shoving a huge penis into the air right with a cowboy hat on <laughs> i mean it's, if that's not a saturday night live skit i don't know what is it should be it will be soon it will so are you noticing like uh that these kids are more prone to like their like, are they open to discussion? Are they enjoy? Are they excited when they get to have you to talk about this stuff with? The excitement you could, if you could contain it in a jar, the world would explode. You know, growing up, you would think, right? Like we were all scared to death to talk about it. Either the parent was, the child was, or both. 
Not at all. Like I, I actually have an anonymous question box. Oh God! They don't even care about raising their hand. They they have no problem. Oh, like what, said, are, what are the questions they're asking? What are the things they're asking? Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say for the most part. So I I, I teach fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Fifth graders, I I just had them at the end of the year. Most most thoughtful questions like you know what is the white stuff that I see on my underwear. You know, that kind of thing. Great questions, you know, that are really relevant and where's it coming from? And then I tell them the medicine behind it and why they're seeing what they're seeing. But then I also get, you know, is it possible to have two penises? That was one question. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I mean, it is. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you what the answer was because I felt like there was a little something to unpack there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rare, but it can happen. Develop oh, so, Lord. so, and I try to answer all those questions. I tell them, look, if you don't know the medical term, fine. I, I, I'll give you a pass. Once I give them the medical term, though, they can't undo the medical term. Yeah. So I, I try to make it as free and comfortable as possible because I don't want them to go somewhere else to get the information. Yes. So most people might say, I'm not answering that. But I say, you know what? If someone really legitimately wants to know, even if it's silly, they've learned something medically. So I tell them about the genetics behind, how can someone possibly have two penises? There's always a learning point. <laughs> it's the double-headed snake. It is. <laughs> Normally, but yeah. how, can, how can somebody have two penises? Can I, can I ask that? <laughs> So genetically, you know, just in terms of how we divide when cells are dividing, just like, like they're, they're split, their cells split. Right. We could have an extra digit. We could, you know, like an extra finger, an extra toe. Could you um, imagine going on a date and being like, I don't know what, like that shows up. <laughs> I do. Like, well, uh, this is different. Right. <laughs> this is something different. I mean, yeah. I've either won the lottery or I should run. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> When, like, here's another thing too, is they're starting to get these things earlier. So, you know, as, as, you know, as you're watching it happen, I remember it happening to me, but now I'm watching it happen to my girls. And it's like, you know, it's scary, but it's also, I think a great moment of bonding. I mean, Fleece, you've been through this and Jen's yes, been through With that. one of each. Right? Um, I do, I, Samantha had a great question. We were talking earlier though, like, what is it that they know that we don't know that they know? Like, oh. like, how do, what do they know that we think they don't? Everything. Yeah. They know a lot. <laughs> Everything. A lot because they're, they're a little bit too savvy with their words that they either have a sibling or they, so they know through the sibling or they've, they've experimented, you know, with the internet. There's, there's no doubt because some of these kids, like I said, the fifth graders uh, this year, you know, that I happened to be with, they were, had great questions. Um, and you could tell some of them were from experiences that they're having, um, but some of them were, you know, too much. By the I, time they get to eighth grade, are the questions significantly oh, different? Oh, Like what are eighth graders asking? Yeah, so it's, it's, by eighth grade, they wanna know, like, I literally will talk to them about like a cycle, a period, and I'll actually talk them through it. I think it's for their benefit. I feel like I'm doing, them justice, I tell them, you can actually even figure out where you, when you might get pregnant so that if you are engaging in activities that could lead to pregnancy, you can actually figure out when you're at highest risk of getting pregnant. So I actually do all the, you know, why do we count periods? 
know, why is there a monthly thing? When does an egg get released? And when can a little sperm man come and meet it, you know, and, and get to know each other and result in a pregnancy? So um, they ask more questions that have to do with, uh, they talk about STDs a lot, you know, they'll say, yes. what's chlamydia? And I know that they know, but they don't really know, you know, but they know it's a bad thing. And they know the word. They know they don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. Right. I don't use the word sex at all when I talk, ever. Do you remember I, when we had our videos? I remember they had the sanitary belt. Okay. Do you remember? That was my era, right? We had the sanitary, the, the period belt, okay? With the maxi, right? Things have come a long way, ladies. Yeah. And okay. I, I remember being divided into two rooms. The boys went in one room and the girls went in another. And yeah. um, I, I don't even know if we got to see the same movie. I doubt it. Like we probably saw different the male and movies. female versions of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> So when they're in the fifth grade, there's one day where I take the girls in one room and show them the video about girls and puberty. I take the boys in another room and teach them and show them the boy video. They can ask me whatever questions they want, but I also make each one of them watch the other genders video. Mm, smart. Separated because I want them to both know that they should be empathetic, that the other genders are experiencing things too. So yes. I, I teach them the, that they're both going through the same things, different stuff, but they're both going through puberty and I let them know what it is. But that one day they are separated. After that grade wise, they see everything together. I love that. But, and I think we've, we've chatted and covered in other sessions uh, that we've recorded about, you know, girls, body image, you know, knowing their body, understanding their body, understanding what's right, what's not right. Like the, you know, with these creepy, one of the conversations we had was like about this like whole creepy dude, like Marilyn Manson, like Army Hammer, like all these gross, you know, wealthy, you know, celebrities that prey on these young girls and how we can protect our young girls from knowing like, hey, this is acceptable, this is not acceptable. And I think starting these dialogues with them at such a young age and being comfortable with their bodies and also being comfortable talking to us about this kind of stuff is huge because it wasn't happening before at all. Yep, we cover body image. We actually show, I show them the Dove video, if you've ever seen it on showing the transformation from a woman who shows up for work and how she gets transformed in, you know, time lapse, uh, you know, rapid time um, into what becomes what we see on the billboard. And so they see oh, how many hours good. and how many hands are involved with making her over. So what oh, she yeah. did at the beginning and how- Oh, that's interesting. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that either. That's, that's so, fascinating. Yeah, love evolution. So you can Google that and I show them that, but I also showed this class this year, also one that was done recently on today's celebrities and how they Photoshop a lot. And so I showed them one where, you know, I forget which celebrity it was, but in the photo, there was an accident. So she had six fingers. I think it was Rihanna. Uh, no, it was Oprah. Oprah. It was Oprah. I remember that one. It was a magazine cover. Yeah, on Vanity Fair. It was Oprah. And so, you know, they do a lot of this Photoshopping and you can see where things in the background get warped. So you can tell that things are clearly have been Photoshopped and not real. But the Dove, the Dove uh, 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 slide, which is about three minutes long, is the most impressive. And they usually say, can we see that again? Because they can't believe yeah. what she looked like in the beginning and then what she looks like by the time she gets put on a billboard. What is that called again? Evolution? Uh, dove. Yeah, it's a dove, dove evolution. I'd have to Google the evolution. Exact, but if you, uh, it's a, it's been around for years. 
Very cool. We'll I've never the, seen it. We'll put the link in the summary. Yeah. So yeah. I think, um, Dr. Michelle, just like having to understand what these kids are going through and, you know, the body image, the social media, like the exposure to all this stuff, like, you know, when we, help. Well, we started learning about a lot of this stuff, you know, the sex and, you know, all this stuff was, you know, when we were 13, 14, and now it's happening at a 10 or a nine, nine, 10, 11 year old age, you know, and all these things that these little girls are exposed to, um, you know, and, and how, how do we best manage that box and, and as parents, you know, and, and get them through this productively, yeah. you know, what are, what are some of the tools as parents, like you suggest that we can help start now that can help them. Yeah. Start the narrative, you know, yeah. You know, it's very, it's very simple to even just say, even at a young age, like even if they're as early as eight, you can always say, you know, look, one day you're going to, you're going to look like mom or dad. And there's a process that your body goes through. And so, um, you know, if you want to start talking about what that process is, you know, I'm glad to start sharing that with you when you're ready or when you're interested. You know, I mean, there's so many ways to open up a door, um, you know, to talk about something. Um, so it, it can be as simple as that, even when they're really young. The saddest thing I would not want to do is miss, you know, I, I, with this fifth grade class, I was already hearing these kids talk. I was hearing that some kids had already gotten their period, you know, and so, and I show them how to use a tampon and a pad and, and I show them how, when, when it might be appropriate to use one or the other, or you may not be comfortable ever using something like a tampon. Usually they look at the tampon and they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, where does that go? And we'll have to do it. Or they'll be like, does it, go in your, right hole. does it go in your butt? No, it doesn't go in your butt. Okay. Oh, I usually start off the conversation as I tell them that athletes sometimes use it to stop nosebleeds. So that breaks the ice. And then Wait, is that actually true? Is yes, that a thing? It's actually true. Oh, yeah. Tampons yeah, actually, they're nice. My mom, my mom, who's a nurse, told me a tamp tampons are actually like key items in your first aid kit because they can stop bleeding. Like you can pack that sucker in. In fact, yeah, they. I, okay. I, Write that down. I was, today, I was today years old when I found that out. Write that down. Okay. That's so that's noted. Stuff. Right. And so, just so you know, so I don't forget, it's Dove Evolution of a Model, and the video comes up immediately. And it's from 2006, and it is still relevant to this very moment to show any child at any age. Awesome. Say, Watch this and just say, what do you think of this? Do you have any impression it's about there's so much there's yeah. so much body image issue out there and fake body image issue and um i i hate the kardashians and so i hate to even say their word their name out loud publicly but uh i do think it was interesting and i can't remember which one of these fantastic people it was but one of them there was a picture inadvertently posted that had not been photoshopped and it was, it was an chloe. accident it was, was it chloe, chloe? Yeah. and she yeah. looked entirely different than she normally does i also saw a photo of another one of them one of the younger ones um who was out it seems like it would be staged but yet it wasn't she was out uh like in baggy sweats no makeup hair not done uh, grabbing like potato chips and a soda from a 7-Eleven or something. And again, she didn't even look recognizable. So I feel like girls, women, our age, everybody, like we're getting, we're getting just bombarded with these fake images that are unrealistic expectations that anyone can live up to. Now, when you get to my age, you, you don't give a shit. So you're like, <laughs> I'm out. I didn't get there and I'm done. Um, 
but you know, I have a 17 year old daughter and she's, um, she's very athletic. So she's not this skinny, tiny build. She's super muscular, although she, she likes her, you know, little four pack that she's got going and stuff, but that's not necessarily the image that you see portrayed out there, these strong athletic women. So um, until the Olympics, I've seen a lot of beautiful, yes. strong yeah, this, women. That's, that's all you get it, you know? And then yeah, you're back to stupid, skinny Kardashians who carve off half their body fat before they post a picture. So it's, um, how, do, how do we, and I think boys too, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've, boys have body image issues too. I, I actually have a very good friend whose college age son has been um, diagnosed with anorexia. And I think it's a little unusual to see it in boys, but I think we're going to see that more as we move forward. I don't think he's as unique as maybe we thought he was. Uh, how do we get past that? Yeah, I know we, we talk about, well, I, you know, I also talk with kids about, you know, can boys have breasts? I mean, they don't develop breast tissue, but I tell them in, you know, if they gain weight, they can develop breasts. Do boys get breast cancer? Yes, they do. It's not common, not as common as women, but they get it. But, but the whole, the, the point is, is we all have our own body type. We all have, you, you have to empower kids, you know, and say, you're, you're going to develop in your own way at your own time. If you can believe it, there's even kids who, remember, remember back in the days, did any of you ever have that feeling where some, when someone got like crutches or a cast and you wanted, or glasses, and you desperately so wanted? Cool. Right. Oh, hell yeah. It was cool. Right. Well, yeah. believe it or not, I actually see with these kids, some kids feel bad because they haven't gotten their period yet. Yes. And they start hearing their friends say, well, I got mine. I actually, oh, I remember that. It, it became a little competition. Yeah. Um, I was the first one. I was in sixth grade. I was made fun of, okay? I had you were a girl, an early adopter. I had a girl go into my bag and take out my pads and put them on the back of my backpack, okay? I Come remember. on. I remember her, okay? And I still have issues with her. Sixth grade bully. Sixth grade bully. What a bitch. And yeah, okay? But yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. And kids are freaking mean. But now you can just oh. tell them it's a first aid kit. Right? Yeah, little did they know. Look, look at me now, okay, with it's my It's for Mac, my nose. I really just Mac stare at my pads here, okay? I'm ready. Yeah. Right? I'm ready for anything. I'm ready for it all. Um, Another question I have personally is because our whole male, female, they, them, things have changed and kids talk about it a lot more. I've had my older daughter when she was a couple years younger than she is now tell me that she thinks she's bi and like she's only ever had boyfriends so I'm like why why do you feel this way how do you talk about kids about gender identity when they're born one way but do they actually feel more like I mean I I don't know how you talk about that with children and how to be okay in bringing them up yeah so this is how I introduce the idea. I always say that you have two things. I like to always teach them in medical terms. I'm like, you have a genotype and you have a phenotype. The genotype is what you're born with. I teach them about, you know, we're born with DNA, cells from mom and dad, and the DNA that makes, comes together, you know, and makes you. And that's why you're unique and awesome. But you have a genotype, which is the gender you are born with. You cannot change it. Your, gen your genetics are not changeable. 
However, you also have a phenotype, which is the way that you feel, the way that you identify. So we have how we're born and how we feel. And they may not always be congruent. So just because you're born a female genetically, you may not identify as that when you start to get your own identity and come into yourself. So Could this be part of the, the thing that makes it trendy though? Are they like picking up on these buzzwords as if it's like cool? No doubt. I mean, I remember when ADHD, I was in the midst of medical school and my training when, when ADHD came out. And once ADHD was defined and became an official diagnosis, the entire world had ADHD. <laughs> it was like, almost like you were a loser if you didn't have ADHD. Like you got left like in the dust. Like, what the hell? I don't have it. But, you know, why is everyone else so special? Same thing. <laughs> so it gets popular. Things, terms get popularized. So you're right. And, and what's interesting about this whole thing is socially, these terms are being created and they're not being created by the medical community. And the medical community isn't even on board and keeping up with this because this is all stuff that's being created in the snack atmosphere, I call it, which is that, you know, space between the, the chip and the top of the bag that's not full before you open it. Yes. I always call that the snack atmosphere. Where yes. It's unidentified area. Of that's nothing. my new favorite word. That's an amazing new word. I always tell my daughter I'm living in the snack atmosphere when I have when I look clouded. So, yeah. so, so anyway, there's there. This is not like a medical thing. This isn't stuff that's like coming out of the medical community. This is being developed by. It's like the Kardashian thing. If they say it, it's it's the word of law type thing. Yeah. Ugh. Someone's creating all of these terms and we can't even keep up with them to even know what they mean. I, every day there's a new term that comes out and I can tell you that I'm learning in real time with the rest of these kids. Now the problem also is then they feel they have to like, identify as one of these things. There, it's so complicated. There was one that was like pansexual and there was like omnis. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't, don't even know what like, all those mean. Do whatever I can't you want. figure them out. I don't care. Like you do you, I'm going to do me. Like however do, you need to find. I do think though there is a there is a trendy issue uh, around it. You know, it's it's um, gender identity and Converse shoes, right? Like it's trendy. Um, but I think if they if they go through the trend and it allows them to explore and then they settle back into whatever they're going to be, like I think they they get wherever they were supposed to be anyway. They just they may um, they may meander through some of the the trends in the interim to get to the final point of whatever they were meant to be. But I also think it's like creating this like unneeded like layer of like complication. So I was having a conversation with somebody and I was asking them about their, their child. And I was like, well, do you have a boy or a girl? Like not because I gave a shit about whether it was a boy or a girl, but it was well of them. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not, like, I'm having a hard time here. Like, I just, okay, that's fine. So we continued the conversation on. And then at the end, then she closes with she. And I was like, so if you're going to be on my ass about, like, let's, like, follow through with it. Because I don't understand. Like, it wasn't a moment for, for that dialogue right. to happen because I wasn't even going down that road. I was like, again, I don't care. You, you do whatever you want to do and however they want to identify. It's right. fine. It's not right. a thing. Right. But everybody's making it a thing that yeah. it doesn't necessarily need to be sometimes. I think in reality, what I'm seeing is kids are awfully confused. 
you know, I'm I confused. Have, I have sixth graders who have come up to me at the end of class and said, you know, I don't know what I am. And I'm like, you know what? You don't need to know what you are. You don't need to know. You don't you need to are you. Yeah, be you. But, but, but they are confused because they do read things and they don't know. And if someone like Demi Lovato comes out and one day was Demi Lovato, she, and is now they, then, and they're like, you know, they, they look up to someone like Demi Lovato, then they go, wait a minute. So I'm on, I got to get on board with this. What am I supposed to do? Who, who am I supposed to be? Because that's one of my idols that I look up to. So it's very confusing and it can be very damaging for kids because they can't think clearly as it is. You remember what it was like being a kid, right? Remember how difficult it was? All the, all the different emotions and stages and bullying and all the things that you normally had to deal with. And now on top of it, you have to figure out what the definition is of who you are, who you don't know who you are anyway. Okay, but Dr. Michelle, it's not like adulting is awesome either. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think too, like, I mean, I have a gay uncle who's like in his almost 80s. And I remember having a conversation with him maybe 20 years ago about how hard it was to know who he was. But, and I come from an Italian family and it was not okay to be gay in that time. And how he knew who he was, but he could never be who he was in the 60s and the 50s and all that stuff. And so I think today's era, these kids are allowed to be more of who they want to be. And we as adults, for the most part, I guess, living maybe on our coast or whatever, like we're more open and cool with it. Like be they, be them, be Pan, be Monty, be whatever. Like we don't care. Just be happy and be a good, don't be an asshole, right? That's all. Just be a nice person. Right. That's, that's what we're looking for. And I think as, as parents and as people who can consult younger people, I mean, that's one of our biggest gifts is allowing them to be who they want to be. Yeah, right. Just always remind them they, they, will, they will figure out who they are at some point. They're going to develop their identity. They're going to get there. But they don't have to put themselves in a box. Wow, that's so awesome. I, I mean... It really shows us that there's so much more that we have to learn and so much more we can learn from our children. And I think it's really awesome that you are opening up, you know, your expertise to them and to the families and community out there teaching our kids about family life, which is very different than it was when we had health ed or whatever else you want to call it. Um, we want to thank Dr. Michelle for joining us today and Thank our inspired listeners. Thank you. And we hope everyone learned a little something today to take back. Maybe it's just the word snackmosphere. I like that. <laughs> and with that, that this week. Amazing. It's awesome. Thank you all for joining Inspired.